You're listening to Minor Talk On Demand exclusively on 600 ESPN El Paso. Stay up to date with Minor Talk by downloading the free 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app. is live. Adrian brought us here along with Sal Montes. We're presented by the Oscar Adietta Agency with seven locations in El Paso from the west side to Fabens. Trust the Oscar Adietta Agency when it comes to all your home, auto, life or commercial insurance needs. That's the Oscar Adietta Agency. Well, what can we really say? I mean, I'm live here in Dallas. I'm on location. I'm here along with my cousin. We made the trip out with 915 Tours uh, for Cowboys Texans. That's tomorrow. Uh, I got a chance to watch this entire game, listen to this entire game as well um, and utter disappointment right now back-to-back uh blown blowouts for the miners they put up just 70 points tonight against last week against uh nmsu and now the miners are in a weird position right now things are not right like joe golding said in the post-game interview with uh voice of the miners john teicher things are not right right now with the miners and um it's kind of confusing to to understand what's really going on i mean i get it they've hit adversity they haven't had the continuity in the lineup like you'd like this team to have but it seems like there really hasn't been much uh progress when it comes to the offensive side since the start of the season and then defensively Forget about it. In the bat, in the past two games, this is a far different defensive team than we've uh, known. I mean, I mean, forget the first couple games of the season. We know from Joe Golding, like Joe Golding, does not allow defenses to put up 91 points, especially in back-to-back games like this. Sal, I'm just at really at a loss for words here in this one. Miners are six and three on the year. I'm not trying to make it like the sky is falling down, but the Miners have to regroup uh, ahead of, and, and they have to regroup quickly ahead of Conference USA play, which starts on. Saturday against Louisiana Tech. Yeah, big time because. Oh, uh, um, uh, go yeah. ahead, Sal. Go ahead. Oh yeah, I was gonna say uh, yeah, big time because uh, you're getting to a point in the schedule where teams align. You know, they either align with you or you you want to be aligned with them in terms of level of play. You know, continuity, chemistry, and they've just had a really really hard time uh, the last two times against uh, quality opponents, being New Mexico State and DePaul. So this is something that they really got to work on because that margin for error is coming a lot slimmer, especially with conference play starting in December. I'm with you. To myself, if you're UTEP right now, you can't let this season get away from you this early. Or and, and I and again, maybe this is quick to react right now, but there are some alarming things with this team right now. Number one, uh, they have problems, serious problems when it comes to some of their guard play right now. They're not getting a lot of production like they would like to have at this point. And then at the same uh, at the same degree, they're not really uh, feeding it down low and giving opportunities to their guys uh, in the front court. And even with those guys in the front court, they're not seizing those opportunities, Sal. That's one of the issues that yeah. I've seen is whether it's Zarek Onyema, uh, Kevin Cal- uh, Calvin Solomon, who is, you know, turning the ball over at a high clip right now. They're just not seizing opportunities down low. Yeah, and especially when last year we knew that uh, that guard play is what it was in terms of where the, where the production was going to be for the points, right? I mean, a, a lot of it was Sule Boom, let's not be mistaken. Uh, but this year, uh, we were surprised because of the, the idea was that they were bigger and they were going to be more aggressive, which they have at points. But, you know, you got to put the ball in the hoop 
Otherwise, if you're just playing defense and you're not going to score, that's going to be a big, big problem. Yeah, you can have a chance to be in it with your defense, but if you're not putting up points, you're going to have a hard time hanging with the tougher teams in the league. Oh, I'm with you completely, Sal. Uh, We're going to go to our phone line. Now, our telephone number, 915-505-6009. That's the number to get into the program. I'm on location today. I appreciate everybody's patience if I sound a little bubbly or, you know, we start losing a little connection here and there. Um, and so that, that – but uh, we're going to continue as long as we can here on Minor Talk as long as we get uh, some phone calls as well. Uh, we got a lot of tweets to get to as well. DePaul blows out UTEP 91-70. to 70. Our telephone number, 915 915- as we continue, Tristan Pence tweets into the show, Lawn chairs could have guarded the three-point line better than the Miners tonight. I'm still very concerned about this team's talent level, especially in the backcourt. This team plays with a lot of effort, but it looks like a mess. UTEP men's basketball coaching should be embarrassed. Hashtag Oh, man, that is that is really tough right there. That's a tough uh, you know comment right there from Tristan Pence, but it's... Or Sal, and uh, for a lot yeah. of people right there, they are frustrated as to how this uh, UTEP team has been playing recently. Yeah, and it, it's uh, I think a lot of it is um, one they they didn't get the win against New Mexico State in round two, which which I guess uh, you can't be too upset with when they got one out of two so far, um, but you have a chance to uh, make a statement on the road, and they didn't even look the least bit competitive for that full 40 minutes, and that's the most disappointing part because they pride themselves on that grit and that hustle, and it uh, looks like they just got outphased in every part of the game tonight. I'm with you on that. Five five zero five six zero zero nine. That's our telephone number to get into the show. We've got Keith. We've got a lot of phone calls to get to. But let's do this. Let's take our first break of the show right now. You're listening to Minor Talk, brought to you by the Oscar Adietta Agency. If you want to weigh in on this show, give us a call. 915-505-6009. DePaul beats UTEP 91. You're listening to Minor Talk right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Welcome back. Minor Talk is live. We're presented by the Oscar Adietta Agency. Stay tuned. We're going to still play, pay the bills. We're going to still give our Hot Hand Award brought to you by our great friends out at Wind Supply El Paso. And we will continue to game award thanks to Keith Southwest. Uh, Miners just uh, utterly dominated today. 91 to on the road. This is back-to-back road losses as well here on the show. I mean, on the on the season for the Miners. They are now 6-3 and three on the year. They've dropped games to Texas, New Mexico State, and DePaul. So all pretty quality teams right there and all on the road. Uh, let's continue the phone lines right now. Our telephone number, 915-009 is our telephone number to get into the show. Let's go to Keith, who's joining us next on the phone lines. Keith, what's going on, my man? Hey, how are you guys? Doing Keith, good. I'm hanging Hello? in, man. Sorry about the connection issues over here. Uh, how oh, are you no doing, problem. Keith? I'm doing well. I have one Christmas wish. What is that? Bring back Northern New Mexico College as a future opponent for this UTEP <laughs> Miners team. Keith, what, what's your solution to this UTEP basketball team right you know, now? I it, hear your frustrations. It, I get it it. it. it comes down to players. I mean, first of all, and I think he was dead on about this. Haskins would say your team begins with your point guard. You have to have a point guard that can control the game, can set the pace of the offense, is a leader. Quite frankly, we don't have that this year. We just simply, we simply don't. That 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 really leads to a lack of of team identity. 
uh, leadership. So that's one. Two, in college basketball, you have to have people who are able to shoot, especially when there's a three-point line. Um, and we simply don't have any three-point shooters on this year's uh, team. I'm, I'm glad that uh, Satterfield is lighting it up in Portland. Wish we could have done something to keep him. We simply don't have shooters. Uh, and then finally, um, you know, I, I've, I've had a huge problem the last couple of games with Solomon. If you saw the first two offensive possessions for the Paul after halftime, his, his defense was just lazy and haphazard. He got beat two times, and he regularly does that. Golding takes him out of the game, and then he starts to play defense uh, when he's back in. But you can't afford to have players that are dogging it because it hurts the other four players that are on the team. So Golding's going to have to figure out who on the team wants to play. And quite frankly, I don't think Solomon's one of the top uh, five, maybe off the bench. Uh, and I, I finally, I don't know where, where Sibley went. Sibley was supposed to be one of the leaders of this team. He maybe got 10 minutes tonight, maybe. Uh, I haven't seen the final stats, but I just, as, as one of the tweeters said, a lot of effort for the first 10 minutes. Uh, but after that, um, you know, at some point, you have to have talent. And I'm not sure how much talent this team has. That's a very uh, very fair point, Keith. I hear you, and I appreciate the phone call, Keith. Thanks for weighing in. Uh, Sibley playing only 14 minutes today, two points, and his first bucket was with three minutes to go in the game. I mean, that was an utter blowout, and, and Sibley was kind of a non-factor, but, uh, you know, I don't want to pinpoint on certain players. I think the this team has shown that when it plays like a team, when they have that chemistry together, they can be pretty solid. Uh, Sal, I'll throw it back to you. This is not the same team that we've seen earlier this year have success in different moments it, it's not the same team um you know obviously in terms of the results and and maybe the final stretch if you want to say the final 10 minutes being a stretch that's for sure and I think right. a large part of it is because uh their identity on offense is is being exposed more and more each game there's more film out on them and um you know throughout that span there's been a lot of uh bad offensive possessions that teams can look at on film and say how can we get UTEP in this same spot and uh, they're just taking advantage of it time in and time out so this offense as as good as um they can be from what we've seen like in, in certain flashes they still need that consistent presence because a, a team is a team can play as hard as you or even harder than you and you have uh, you know an incredible effort on defense that night too so they gotta bridge that gap on offense if they want to take that next step Yeah, I'm, I'm with you completely, Sal. And it, you, even without the offense, I kind of feel like UTEP is going to be a 70-point team night in, night out. But can they defend and can they hold opponents to under 70? I, I, maybe that's the secret to this season. They have to hold opponents to scoring a lot fewer points than what they're doing right now because that's been the biggest thing that we've seen uh, all year or in the past two games is they just simply cannot defend the perimeter, allowing 14 three-pointers today. Uh, they allowed 13 last game against New Mexico State. That's terrible. That's really bad. And, and you know, that's something that really needs to get fixed within this group. Uh, let's go to Twitter real quick. Chi-Town Miner tweets the show, a few more beers in me, and I might pickpocket the Blue Demon Santa's gift during this skit. Uh, shout out to Chi-Town Miner out in Chicago, who is actually there and tweeting some videos from the actual game itself. So, really love that. Uh, by the way, our telephone number, 915-505-6009 if you'd like to weigh in on the show. 
Kingsley Onyema tweets the show, I recommend the guards feed their bigs the ball while in the paint. That opens up the guards for more potential threes. Uh, David Corral Jr. tweets the show, This defense is nearly non-existent. This game is spiraling out of control. Yeah, that was during the game. I hear you. I hear you totally there, David. Pinky tweets the show, watching this game on TV and the performance of the Miners. At this point, a 21-point deficit with 9.30 left in the game. I can see why some fans don't attend home games. Just saying. Hashtag Miner Talk. Uh, 915SunCity tweets the show. I'm going to say this now. Coach Joe Golding is a hell of a coach. Whether he can recruit or not is the question. Right now, the answer is flat out no. They can't even make damn free throws. Subpar players, other than McKinney, will give you subpar results all the time. Uh, Sal, let's talk about this tweet a little bit. I mean, already calling out the players, already you know, already jumping to saying this is where the players are at right now. I I don't know if we're at this point just yet. I'll be honest with you, but I will say this: when it comes to this team right now. It, you know, recruiting could be what it is, right? Um, having your team making free throws, that's the problem. Having your guys playing consistently, they, they dominated the first part of this game, and then they completely fe- uh, came out of the second half flat. It's like they didn't even want to be there. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, when he when uh, 915 Sun City tweets the show, subpar players other than McKinney, I don't agree with that right there. I think McKinney's very talented. I think Tay Hardy's very talented. I think that we've seen things from guys like uh, Calvin Solomon. We've seen things from guys like, uh, you know, of course, yeah, Kevin Kalu and Zarek Onyema. We've seen it from those guys, but we have not seen it all together as a cohesion over the past two games, and that's been a big issue for the Miners. Yeah, we haven't seen it against the quality teams either. I, I think that's number one because the win against New Mexico State, we, we knew what it was, Mario McKinney having the game of his life and um, you know the guards having good play there. But in reality, though, that hasn't continued. And, and I don't want to say was it a fluke or anything like that because they have that potential to do it, but we haven't seen it in some time. So the, it, it's a point of the season where this is where you got to start turning that corner. And if you don't turn that corner, other teams who are you know near that same level of you are trying to uh, yep. you know get near the top of Conference USA – they're they're kicking it up into another gear that you're fighting like hell just to just to try and hang on to. Our telephone number is 915-505-6009. As we continue here on the show, uh, 915-SUN-CITY tweets the show again. I'm not going to sugarcoat this. DePaul doing some things that NMSU did. And almost like we didn't learn crap. Maybe we aren't being coached well. This is disaster is on the coaches and the players. Send them home on the bus and save their airfare credit. This is abysmal. Tired of this crap. Man, 915-SUN-CITY is really upset. Uh, He followed that up by saying send them home on the bus cancel the hotel for the night uh let their team bonding be on the bus give their airfare credit back man this is tough right there from 915 sun city he was really upset um pinky to to make it stop from chris aguita he was very upset as well felipe candelaria tweets the show this is bad i would have benched the starters and thrown the whole bench in um kingsley onyema tweeted the show why are the UTEP guards afraid to shoot threes? It's always a game changer unless you can guard the perimeter from threes. Uh, Kingsley, I'm with you on that, and I, I totally understand where you're coming from on this one right here. Um, this one coming from UTEP Mineto. Uh, DePaul is missing some big players. 
And guys, I know they had some injury questions. I don't know if whether or not they were actually missing some significant players, but he might be right on that. I'm not sure. Yeah, that, there were some injuries. I can't recall the names, uh, but even still, though, right when when you're missing some guys who are who are taking up some space and you know they're there to get the rebounds and just play big basketball, they were without some of those guys, and there were a lot of offensive rebounds still for uh, for DePaul. And I think that's the good disappointing point. part too. Yeah, is that they they played good defense for for a number of possessions, but there were just so many second chance and we can even say third chance <laughs> if we want to go that route. Uh, third chance opportunity opportunities for uh for the blue demons and and i don't know the exact number i, I don't want to get too into the stats but that there had to have been at least a couple maybe three um that resulted in a three-pointer based off of um of a second chance opportunity so that's the tough part is you, you bust your butt yeah. for 20 to that's 30 really plus point. seconds and uh you know hey open bucket that's a really good point sal and i think that they all-around defense right now as far as what this team has shown us. Uh, our telephone number is 915-505-6009. That's our telephone number to get into the program. Um, right now, just want to reel off some stats. DePaul uh, out-rebounded UTEP 36-31. They shot 49% from the field. They shot 52% from the three-point line. They also shot 89% from the free-throw line in this game. I, I said three-point was 50 49% from the, the field. UTEP shot 48% from the field. But again, only five made three-pointers. That's the big problem right there. Miners have to find some way to get perimeter scoring. Um, and I don't know if they're going to find that this year. I think they're going to have to figure out a different way to score offensively. And that's where they have to get creative. That's where it goes on coaching uh, to, to find and work with what you have right now with this team. Artel... 056009 to get into the show. We're going to welcome on Sarah onto the program. Uh, Sarah, you go ahead. Sal's going to react to your thoughts first, and then I'll follow up after that. Give me your thoughts after DePaul beat UTEP 9170. Hey, um, this is Sarah. I'm sitting here watching this game, and, and I, I know it's a, it's a top-tier game, you know, but... Um, I am concerned about our rebounding. I'm concerned about them taking five shots on the offensive play. Um, I'm concerned. I'm very concerned about us not blocking out and getting rebounds, um, offensively and defensively. Um, I, I, um, I'm, look, I'm watching our guards um, right now. And I'm um, um, looking at Givens, I'm looking at McKinney, I'm looking at Hardy. And I think I, I honestly feel like Hardy is pretty consistent. Um, he got to work on his three-point shooting. Um, um, McKinney is, can go to the basket. He's extremely fast. Um, I, I'm concerned about his decision-making. Let, let me ask um, you this. And same with Gibbons. I'm let, concerned about their decision-making. Let, let me ask you this, Sarah. I'm concerned Sarah. about what, what, them working yeah. as a team. When it comes to the guards, and I like that you brought it up, um, in terms of the starting lineup, would you like to see McKinney out there in the starting lineup when it comes to open up the game, or do you like the spark that he brings off of the bench? I think he needs to start. Um The only thing that concerns me about McKinney is I see him taking it on his own shoulders a lot. 
and not necessarily using the rest of the team. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I would love to see him get more minutes. Yeah, um, because I, I feel like he's just a little bit more as far as ball handling. Um, I, 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 I'm, I have to see a little bit more of him using, like you, you guys said, the the front court. Yeah, he 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 makes some brilliant decisions with the front court at at, at times. You got it. But yeah, I see him trying to carry a whole lot on his own. For sure, and, and thank you so much for the uh, the input, Sarah. You know our number. Feel free to call us after each one. But um, incredible points you bring up as as far as the uh, the guards go. I'm not I'm not sure if you caught all that, Adrian. But um, what what are your thoughts uh, based yep. off of what uh, what Sarah had to say regarding the guard play? Yeah, it's real interesting, Sal. Because what I was thinking to myself is when when Sarah was talking about that, the decision making on Mario McKinney is probably the the area that I have the most questions about his play as well. Like I, I thought she nailed the that point right on the head. I love McKinney. I'm. St- by my thought that I still think he's UTEP's best player right now. Like, if UTEP needed a guy, if they needed a guy to go get a bucket, I really think it's still Mario McKinney. Yeah. But there are a lot of parts of his game that he needs to fix because right now he's not well polished and he doesn't really he, he actually is uh, a kind of a step back defensively so when people question the playing time for him I actually kind of look at his defense and I think man he could be doing a little bit more maybe I'm not maybe I'm seeing something something that people aren't uh, maybe he actually is a better him credit for right now but you know what Sal I wrote this down during the middle of the game do we get because I, I what like Sarah was saying right there, I think Tay Hardy actually should shoot more. He was six of nine from the field tonight, sixteen points. Uh, I'm not saying that he needs to hog the ball or anything because I like when he distributes the ball. He had two assists today and two turno- and three turnovers and. Th- Are we not giving enough credit to Tay Hardy and the impact he could end up having on this team when it's all said and done? Yeah, because I I think on an individual level, like when when things stand out, like we we talk about McKinney and he's the, I don't want to say flashy, but he's the bucket getter, right? He's the guy who has that that swagger to him who's going to go out there and get buckets for the offense. Zarek Onyema, he's a a fan favorite and the hustle muscle guy. So many different points you can bring out, but when it comes to Hardy, I I think in terms of being well-rounded, I think that's the guy and he does lead the team in scoring if I'm not mistaken I think um I don't know if it's him or Givens when it comes to assists but um he he's an in- integral part for uh this UTEP guard play regardless right you can trust him when he's out there with the starters of course but when he's out there and there's some guys coming off of the bench he is that leader for both squads so I think we could be kind of turning that corner saying hey don't overlook Tay Hardy as a uh, possibly the best guard on this team I think so, too. I think he could be, you know, when it's all said and done, Tay Hardy could end up being that guy. And I, I think Tay Hardy has deserved that that title right there, so to speak, if you want to give it to him. Um, I also want to things that, that we also heard. Commentators said that UTEP was energized in their warm-ups. Well, what happened? They said that they were yeah. the most energized that they've seen in a long time. What happened to that energy out of the second half? They they were outscored 52-37 to 37 in the second half. Yeah, and... and- I think a good chunk of that, Adrian, came from that final play um, at the end of the first half, right? That that long three-pointer, they were, they were fouled, so that's four points. And then there was another point in the, uh, the second half, if I'm not mistaken, where they fouled on a, on a three-point as well. So you're basically giving 
free points over to the other team all game when you're already struggling to score on offense. It's just bad thing on top of bad thing tonight. And um, you didn't see that same effort in the second half. And that's the disappointing part because you want to count on them to uh, to out-hustle the other team for 40 minutes, but they just had a tough time. No, they really did. And it, was, it just wasn't the case as far as this team executing down the stretch, or even in the, it, when this game was in the balance, when it was kind of hanging in the balance, there was points where UTEP could have swung it one way. Um, the four-point play at the half is something that people are going to hold on to for the whole, all weekend long. They're going to be thinking about how UTEP shouldn't have been down 39-33 at the half. They should have been down what? Um, you, you subtract four from there, 35-33 at the half, and said that uh, DePaul gets a four-point play at, at the buzzer. Um, you know, that, that just can't happen for this UTEP team. They have to be better. They have to be more disciplined about things like that. And in the first stretch, they were killing it. Like, I, I just don't understand um, what two different teams we ended up seeing tonight. Uh, also, uh, UTEP came into the game top 20 in three-point defense. They also came into the game top 20 in the country in non-steal turnovers. Um, you, the turnovers are always going to be a thing for UTEP. They're always going to force turnovers. However, uh, this they have now started to allow teams to shoot the three a little I mean, DePaul hitting 14 threes today, that is their season high. The Blue Demons' season high today. That's that's inexcusable right there for the Miners. Now, on the other side, this is something we've talked a lot about, Sal. Miners are bottom 10 in the country in three-point shooting and bottom 10 in the country in free-throw shooting. How did they get better there? Uh, if I knew, I'd tell you. Um, in reality, Agent, I think it just comes right. down to – to being consistent in practice and, and translating that over. I mean, I, I don't know the answer. Maybe it's mental, but the troubling part is we've seen that be the consistent part of um, when you look at the bads for their offense. So until they improve that, they're going to have to be more efficient from the field, but you don't have to be as efficient, you know, as, as uh, you dream to be. If you can make your threes at a, at a smaller clip um, of a percentage higher, so that's all they need to do. And then in terms of free throws, when these points, matter the most and you know you're in that final three four minutes against the UAB against the Louisiana Tech you want to get as many points as possible because if if it's going to be tough to make a shot you know it in live play and you can't convert over at the free throw line that's the really really troubling part and, and it kind of makes you wonder what are you busting your butt for on defense if you can't score on the other end yeah, no doubt, Sal. I, I completely agree with what you what you said there. I mean, I, I don't know how they do that on, on their end as well. Um, let, you know what we're going to do right now? Let's take a timeout. we got a bunch of tweets to continue to burn through. i got a couple more things I want to bring up as well as we wind things down here on Minor Talk. I get it. This is a tough one. This is like a gut punch, and I think a lot of Minor fans are a little quiet about this one. Hey, I appreciate everybody's patience with me today, uh, having a little connection issues throughout this one, but uh, we're, we're going to make sure that we close this one out strong. Uh, what we're going to do right right now is we're going to take a break. If you'd like to give us a call, our telephone number 915-505-6009. You're listening to Minor Talk, brought to you by the Oscar Adietta Agency, right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, welcome back to Minor Talk. Adietta Agency. 
seat here on Minor Talk with seven locations in El Paso from the west side to Fabens. Trust the Oscarati at the agency for all your home, auto, life insurance needs, even commercial. If you've got a business out there and you're looking for insurance, give the Oscarati at the agency a call. Check them out online, oscaratiattheagency.com. Also, check them out for their Hometown Hero Award. Hey, I want to give a big shout out to uh, wh- where I'm at right now. I'm, I'm in Dallas. Uh, I'm getting ready for Cowboys, Texans tomorrow. I'm joining the Foss, Steve Foster, tomorrow along with Chris. Um, ESPN San Antonio for the pregame show, and we're going to get everybody ready for Cowboys Texans. I'm out here with 915 Tours, um, and by the way, 915 Tours right now, they are helping people out with uh, getting deposits set for the playoffs. That's right, Cowboys are getting ready for playoffs, and uh, the Dallas Cowboys playoffs are experience can be brought to you by 915 Tours. The great thing about them is I contacted them. I got on the bus. We went all the way out here from El Paso to Dallas, and we made the trip all the way out here for this game. They set up this meet and greet with Cavante Turpin, uh, Dallas Cowboys punt returner, and uh, that was today. It was awesome to meet Cavante Turner. Uh, Turner Turpin. Come on, man. This is why I'm. Uh, this is why I'm a Rams fan. I'm not a Cowboys fan, Sal. Uh, guy he was an excellent person a lot shorter than i actually thought and uh, i've loved uh, all this experience from 915 tours they set you up with the hotel they uh, get you set up with the tailgate they also get you set up with the tickets as well and um, that's that's awesome about uh, 915 tours so really shout out to them and they're taking the the Cowboys playoffs. All you have to do is just go to 915tours.com to learn more about this one. Our telephone right now, 915-505-6009 to get into the program as we continue here on Minor Talk. Let's get to some phone calls. What I'll have you do, Sal, is I'll have you react to the uh, phone calls here with Kingsley and Ronnie. Uh, First off, let's bring on Kingsley. Uh, Kingsley Onyema joining us next on Minor Talk. Really appreciate the call, Kingsley. It's great to hear from you. Uh, Kingsley, give me your analysis of this game right here. DePaul beats UTEP 91 to 70. It just felt frustrating. Hi, Adrian and uh, Sal. Listen, is um, it was frustrating watching the game. To be honest with you, initially I was hyped uh, because they came out with a lot of energy, and that is much needed in any game if you want to win. Okay, so they came out attacking. All right, so now that that attack was all like they were driving to ring. Okay, they still were not shooting threes. I feel that is one of the things that bothers me when I watch them play because you cannot listen. Three is a key, is a game changer in any game today. If you don't have three, a three is more point than two in your in your in your squad. I mean, in your team, you are not you're gonna you're gonna struggle. Bottom line. So I don't know if it was the altitude or whatnot. Maybe because the air is thinner there. Mm. That in the second half they came out somewhat lethargic. Okay, so. Three-point shooting, and then defensive and offensive rebound. I don't, I don't have any sympathy for anyone. I, I'll, I'll get on my son in a habit. Defensive rebound, period. You don't allow your, your opponent to rebound in your foot, in your, in your toss. Make yeah. sure you grab the ball, okay? And then when you get to the free throw line, shoot. It's like all of them were missing their free throws. What is, I don't know what is going on, so yeah. someone help me. Terrible. Because I will make them stay in the in the in the. I will make them go back to the gym and start shooting. While I was there, Derek <laughs> was doing very well shooting free throws. Yeah. So I don't know what what's going on, but yeah. um, I will say this though: if the Miners need to win or do very well in the conference USA, they need to learn to shoot. 
trees and don't be afraid to shoot those trees because I don't know where, where if you cannot shoot the trees, then guard against the three-point shooters. Yeah, and the tough part on the, with it? Yeah, and the tough part on the three-point shooting uh, Kingsley is that early on in the year they they played that style, right? They were fearless when it came to putting up shots. I mean, they put up shots that we didn't even want them to put up in the first place, but they weren't scared to uh, to pull up a large number of times. And over the last couple of uh, games, uh, we could take out Northern New Mexico, um, you know, even against New Mexico State. It's kind of like they didn't want to go back and forth from beyond the arc based off of, you know, whatever success they had previously. But if you're not scared of that moment, that's what matters the most. And to see them kind of lose that touch in this game was disheartening because you look at their attempts, they had 13 attempts. They're 5 for 13, but then you look at um, at DePaul, they had 14 makes out of 27 tries, so their 14 makes were more than the number of times that UTEP even put up a three-point shot. Exactly. That is my point right there. And I don't know, even there was a time one of the, one of the uh, players, when he was about to attack, I know he could make threes, but he was afraid to, to make that three. He backed out, you know, from making it, and then we lost the ball. To, uh, you know, it was it, it, it got to a, it was a turnover because he attempted to make it and they guarded him, but then he he just lost the ball. That is not really how we can win the conference USA, honestly. So mm-hmm. I will, I, and I, I think this is not on the, I don't think this is the coaches. I think this is the the players learning how to play cohesively. Okay, because again, you remember last year we had facilitators, we have like game facilitators, like I would say Sulebuam will facilitate. And sometimes yeah. the enemy will facilitate. You know, you have to have that person who is going to be distributing the ball appropriately. Okay, when the when the bigs are in the pen, sometimes I notice Z will be Z will be calling for the ball, and they, someone is trying to drive, and then they lose the ball. They don't feed him the ball. Kevin Carlo will be there calling for the ball. They are not giving them the ball. So you got to take advantage of your bigs. Feed them the ball. And then open yourself up as a guard to potentially hit three or hit a, 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 a mid-range shot, whatever the case may be. Because once you Whatever's feed the big open, the yeah. ball, just exactly, once you feed the big the ball, they, they are in the paint, he will have about three or two guards gather around him. So guess what he will do? He will kick it out for the, for the guards to shoot, who, a guard who is going to be open. Okay? So... I mean, I think we. I hope they learn from it. If not, we're about to start our, our conference USA, which matters the most. So I want yep. them to regroup, regroup, and listen to their coaches. Regroup, listen to their coaches, and come back hard to beat uh, LaTeX on on the seventeenth. Because I can't afford to lose an opener like uh, uh, such a uh, yeah. the one that's coming up on the seventeenth. Period. For sure. Thank you so much, Kingsley. We always appreciate you calling in, sending us uh, out all the tweets that you do. Uh, say hi to the family for us, and uh, you know the line's always open for you guys. Thank you, brother. appreciate yours. You got it. You got it, hey, Kingsley. Uh, Kingsley with some great points on this one right here. And, and, I, and I would say this, Sal, uh, you know, with Kingsley coming in, number one, I, Kingsley is on fire right there. Like, uh, who is more on fire tonight? Uh, Joe Golding off the technical or Kingsley Unyam <laughs> off this loss? Holding his own son accountable? Saying that he's, uh, you know, he's watched with his own two eyes as his son uh, shot free throws and he doesn't understand what it is. Look, you, you know what? I, I think what Kingsley just said is kind of like the microcosm of a lot of UT 
to basketball fans right now. They're trying to point the finger and understand what is really wrong. And there are a lot yeah. of little things that are wrong right now with this group and that they need to fix. Uh, and, and maybe they fix it. Maybe they turn the corner. But I, I'm not sure. There's a lot of things right now that this team needs to solve. And uh, I like the fact that Kingsley kind of puts it on the players saying, hey, look, you know, if you're a player right here on this team, you've got to be better as far as making the free throws, doing the fundamental plays, making the basic plays yeah. and stuff like that. So I thought he brought up some really good points. I just thought he was on fire there, Sal. He was he was <laughs> fired up about this whole yeah, situation. Yeah, and, and he said it too. Like, you know, the first half, it was awesome. They even went up by a certain amount, maybe like 10 or 11 at some point, but they were in control what happened yeah. to that team. And that's the, that's the main question because it's not like they came at this game and got, you know, got blown out the water from tip-off. They were in control for a good part of that. But we don't know what happened, and, and that's the main concern. That's the big question that people have. I mean, uh, we'll we'll see what happens as conference play. You know, obviously starts on the next game. There'll be a small gap, and then they'll resume conference play. But those are the games where yeah, you don't want to make mistakes at all. But if you're going to make them, do it at this point in the season. However, there's really no um, no good feeling as to when if these problems will be solved and when basically. Most definitely. I agree with that. I don't know if they if they will or not. And I agree with Kingsley as far as the must-win game next week against La Tech. I don't know if that's going to happen, but it is. it kind of feels like a must-win at home to start conference play. Uh, let's go back to the phones. Let's welcome on Ronnie onto the program. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. Ronnie, welcome back to the show. Uh, I'll let you go. I'll let Sal react to what you're saying, and then I'll follow it up. Go ahead. Sure. Um, first thing I want to say is minor fans – are hilarious because I remember after the same minus team beating New Mexico State at home, fans getting on this very show and telling us how much they enjoyed these players and how be- much better these current players are than last year's team. And I remember being a guy that called it and said, well, why don't we just pump your brakes a little bit there? Yeah. Um, you know, and now you see these same minor fans are upset with these players and saying they're not good enough and they're subpar. It's like, well, which one is it, minor fans? Like, you're either going to ride with these kids or you're not. But you can't switch up on them publicly just because they have a, a bad game. Now, secondly, they did have a bad game. Sal, you're the stat guy. I've done the research for you. Yeah. Your starting back, your starting backcourt is two guys. Okay? Hey Hardy went 5-30 and 30 in league play in his two-seeding Southern Miss, so he's not a winner. Okay, Griffins come from Evansville, which was the worst team in the Missouri Valley for the last two years. They were literally two and sixteen last year, so he's not a winner. So what Golden has to do, whether he wants to admit it or not, he has to put McKinney in the lineup. Why? Because McKinney is the one guy that come from a winning program that played in the NCAA tournament, and he and he knows what winning is. And you can just tell when he comes in the game that he knows what winning is. Yeah, you can tell that he knows what winning is. Exactly. And so Golden needs to put him in the game more and maybe think about, you know, switching out one of the other kids so the other kids can just see what winning basketball and sense of urgency you got to have from start to finish. Now, I will say this about Golden. I love Golden, but Golden's starting to develop a thing. Every time Golden plays somebody that's good and they start to give it to the minors, he gets upset and he gets that tech. Same thing he did against UAB. When he played him on the road, and they started giving it to the minors right away. <laughs> you know, he got the check. It's, it's kind of his thing that when he realizes his guys aren't able to win with his game plan, then he starts to just get frustrated. 
and then he puts up a tech, and then before you know it, it usually ends up in a 20-point-plus loss. Look at the times that Golden's got a tech since he's been a, a UTEP minor coach, and I guarantee you it's always been in uh, more than not in games that they've lost by 15 or more points. Um, this roster is just poorly constricted. I've been saying that. I was the one who said that firstly. I'm going to die on that hill saying that. But there's nothing you can do about that at this point. You just have to go out there and try to get things done as best you can. Uh, I think the best thing the Myers can do is just get back to, to playing defensive sound basketball, right? Like, that's what they got to get back to. That's what they hang their hats on. So give it up this many points in these last two games. I don't care who the opponents are. Like, they just, that, that can't happen. That's got to be a no-no. Let's, let's forget offense right now. Let's just go back to being a defensive-oriented team. And, and I do believe that they'll win the opener against La Tech. I do believe yeah. that Golding will be able to, to rally the troops. But you're talking about kids, man, and it's Christmas time. And so every kid on their team <laughs> wants to do what? Go home. Exactly. That's yep. what they want to do, man. There's no getting around that. They want to go home. It's Christmas time, okay? So things get a little ugly around Christmas time when you have guys that, once again, don't come from winning programs, so they don't bring that mentality with them. Let, um, let me ask you this. Let me yeah. ask you this, Ronnie. Yeah, because uh, and you bring up some good points, right? And and the reason I believe, and you know, a lot of other people believe. I mean, maybe it's not out there; hasn't been publicly stated. But the reason why McKinney probably isn't starting is maybe due to the defense. But obviously, we know him as that spark plug, right? That that guy who could get it going on offense. If they're going to be, you know, getting back to what they do best, their bread and butter, which is the defense. Does that hamper the ability to start McKinney then if he's not out there because coaches believe that Hardy, Givens, and, uh, you know, any, let's say there's a third guard in the lineup who starts, they may trust their defense more. What do you do about that? Bro, McKinney's the only kid on that team that played in the NCAA tournament last year. Even Golding didn't play in the tournament last year. Put that damn kid in the game and ride with that kid. If he's not giving you something defensively or he's out of position or he gambles too much, trust me, tell him he'll figure it out quicker than anybody else will their deficiencies. Because he played in the freaking NCAA tournament. He played for yeah. Chris Jans, man. Chris Jans is over there kicking ass in Mississippi State because he does what? He brought the defensive mentality with him. You know what I mean? So, like, mm-hmm. winners know how to win, Sal. You know what I mean? And, like, winners are always going to find gonna ways find it. to win. Yeah. And, exactly. And losers are always going to find ways to lose, make excuses, point the finger. You know, and so I, I believe that that kid needs to be in the lineup. I believe he embodies everything that Golden stands for. And if there's something that he's not doing, and I'm sure there's a, a plethora of things, I mean, he's an amateur player, just tell him and, and give him the time to figure it out. But I would say this team needs more of him, not less of him, because he's the yeah. one kid that come out of a strong, stable, winning program. You know what I mean? Put him in the game yep. at all times and live and die with what he does because that energy, that winning mentality be, can become contagious because at this point, no knock on Grievous or Hardy, but they just might not know how to win, man. They came from really bad programs where in coaching, you're doing one of two things. You're either teaching it or you're accepting it. And once your team just getting punched in the mouth season after season, at that point, it just becomes accepted. And you're just laying down and you're the league's doormat. So they might not know how to make those plays or that sense of urgency or like, oh, here it comes, guys. We don't turn it up the notch right now. We're going to be, you know, fighting from behind. They might not know that, you know, and, and and it is what it is. These guys are all 21 plus years old. And that's why the NBA doesn't like old people because you are what you are. You're setting your ways. And so what I'm saying by that is winners find ways to win. Losers find ways to lose. Play the winners.
play the winners. Golden, please play the winners. Cream always rises to the top, Ronnie, and that's that's the bottom line right there. Cream always rises to the top. Hey, I appreciate the phone call, my friend. Thanks for weighing in on the show. A lot of good points to bring up. Number one, uh, this is really this really is the tough part of the season. This is the log kind of, you know, last year it was, uh, and I'm not trying to point anybody out because I think that to the start of this year, he's been a little bit better, but last year, Kevin Callu, after starting off pretty strong, he kind of tailed off at this part of the year. And it's tough for guys who've been brought to El Paso for the last five months. They've been here grinding and playing basketball that, yeah, I could understand a little, you know, feeling a little homesick or whatever, but I'm not giving any excuses to anybody here on this team. And I don't think Ronnie is either. Um, Love the fact that he brought up the golden tech. You, You know, it's so interesting. Interesting, Sal. I, I wanted to ask you this as far as your philosophy on a good versus bad technical foul. Now, um, I did a little digging. I was doing some research while uh, you, all, you all were talking. Um, it looks like Joe Golding has only been charged at UTEP with two technical fouls since he's been here. The one that Ronnie mentioned, which was UAB, yeah. Uh, they lost that game on December 30th of last year. And then this game where he was assessed a technical foul. And I feel like with Joe Golding's teams, it's kind of deflating at times when they get a technical foul. Whereas, and I'm not saying it under Rodney Terry, it kind of fired them up. But yeah. you see across and, and you just see different teams, how they operate when maybe a coach gets a technical foul or a player does. It kind of fires them up. I'm not saying that's a good or bad thing. I would say that Ronnie, based off what he was fair uh, or you know, ask him next time he calls in, I would say that he thinks for UTEP, the technical fouls become more deflating than they actually are helpful. Um, but what are your, what's your philosophy, yeah. Sal? Do you, are you the kind of guy who likes to... to up and actually, you know, rile up his team by getting a, a technical foul, or you're somebody who says, no way, coach should never get a technical, because if he does, he's essentially giving the, the other team two points. It, it, it depends, right? And I don't want to say it's it's two points guaranteed, but how good is the other team at, at, um, at making their free throws as well? So other teams can get techs against UTEP, right, or in a game against UTEP, and they can walk away scot-free because UTEP might not make their free throws. Whereas in today's game right. and, and the game against UAB, they were bad attacks because you're dealing with teams who are, one, you're giving them an opportunity, which is I think that argument that you're bringing up is, hey, do you want them to get a chance at two points or not? But then if you flip it around, like what are the chances of it? And if the other team is pretty damn good at the free throw line, you're then at that point it's a bad tech, right? But I really don't think, as far as this team's concerned, that they need a tech to get fired up. They could just get in a, in a huddle with, with Coach Golding and Steph, and they'll get fired up right there. So I don't think they're necessary for this team. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think it's it, it's also situational based, kind of like what you're saying. If you if you can um, if you have a team that can maybe take that and handles that or whatever, then maybe it's good. But just not for this group. It, it yeah. feels like with this group, it feels deep when they get technical fouls called against him. And then, you know, it's so funny he brings up the NMSU topic. Uh, who's absolutely killing it. Uh, it's always kind of interesting to see what you what you had before. He's averaging 16.6 points, uh, four rebounds, four assists, shooting fifty almost 54% from the field. He just led to an 80 to 77 victory over Cincinnati. Xavier is 7 7 and 3 overall right now. They're killing it. Um Sule Boom, I mean he's just he's the man. I I really I I miss him. I miss him for this t- 
and you don't have him for as a distributor, anybody who called in during that NMSU victory and said that they did not need Sule Boom or didn't need any of those teams uh, players from last year, they're just wrong. Like this this year, you see it when uh, with a whole new group and some talented guards. I'm still not ready to to ride. Or to say that they're not talented. Uh, talented guards who have been proven starters at other locations. Sure, they weren't winners. Sure, they didn't have success. But they came in with the chip on their shoulder. It just shows you how valuable a score-first guard is or just you know a, an undeniable guard like Sule Boom, Jamal Biennemi yeah. were uh, with, with UTEP. Well, consider the evolution of, uh, of Boom, right? When he got here, uh, people just saw him as like, oh, he's just a three-point shooter. Okay, then I, I guess we kind of saw that, you know, his first go-around. Then his second year, he's a shooter, but he's all uh, not just from three-point range, but he's a scorer from all parts of the floor, and he's getting to the line more, so he's a reliable scorer. Then, uh, you know, last year when we look at Sule Boom, he's passing the ball more. This guy's all over the, the floor getting rebounds. And on defense, he had the large number of assists that he did against Middle Tennessee for a reason. That's because he was being he was yep. putting himself in the right place at the right time. So what Xavier is getting is not the same Sule Boom that we saw here uh, at UTEP. But you got to see that progression year in and year out, and I think that's where people have that that wrong idea about Sule Boom as just uh, just being the buckets guy. Yes, he's going to give you that, but he's probably going to play the most minutes on the floor too. Not just because he's your best option on offense, but because he's a damn good defender and and he's also making his teammates better while he's on the floor on offense or defense. Let's go back to Twitter. CK Milestone Photo tweets the show. An absolutely terrible performance from UTEP. Worst two-game performance in the Golden Era. No excuse. So tired for UTEP getting blown out in Las Cruces. And today is a sorry excuse for what this team is supposed to be. DePaul is, isn't even that good. Hashtag minor talk. Uh, I'll, I'll just point out. DePaul beat Loyola, Chicago, and Minnesota. I don't care about the records for both those teams. Those are still quality basketball teams. Uh, Shannon tweets the show. Why do I keep doing this to myself? Hashtag minor tuck. Uh, I hear you. I hear you. Um, CK Milestone Photo follows it up. Nothing will ever change for UTEP sports. Basketball or football, we will always be mediocre at best. And when, and when it counts, it all falls apart. Well, it doesn't count right now. This is where it really doesn't, CK. I'm not trying to defend this team, but at least they get all the bad games, the cobwebs out right now. Maybe we look back at these two losses as a wake-up call for UTEP, dr- dropping it to New Mexico State and DePaul. Maybe this is where they turn the corner, or maybe they don't. Maybe this is kind of the... And so it's up to this team to kind of pick themselves up and, and see where they can move forward. Uh, Daniel tweets the show hash for this coaching staff and better coaching wise. Otherwise, they will be the same team like they've been since Barbie left in 2011. Not very good. Uh, Joe Chacon tweets the show starting league play next week is where it needs to be established very early in the season. Throw in the towel, especially with a coach like Joe Golding. Keep the faith, minor fans. Hashtag minor talk. Hashtag minor ink crew. Hashtag Brock is my OG. Hashtag Zane is the next OG. Hashtag repping from Colorado now coming from Joe Chacon. Ivan tweets the show. I don't like what Ronnie just said on minor talk, talking about those two UTEP players. Those two players he mentioned didn't play on winning teams last year, but that doesn't mean they're not winners. Technically, only one team wins the NCAA tournament. No, Ivan, that that does not mean that whatsoever. Um, 
And I don't think that's what Ronnie was trying to say. No, I don't like the yeah. logic trying to connect the two right there. I, I could say that you could, it's fair for you to disagree on the points you made that Ronnie made on Tay Hardy and, and uh, Shamar Givens. Look, Tay Hardy was injured all of last year. Shamar really bad team at Evansville. Shamar Givens also knew El Paso and felt like this could be the last year uh, for him. Now for him to start off the year, um, the Shamar coin is at its lowest value right now, Sal. Um, I'm like <laughs> scrambling trying to find a, a like somebody who I can You're sell this to. Um, you know what? Maybe I should buy more. That's that's the that's the real uh, advice that you bring into the show today. Buy more Shamar stock while it's all the way down right now, and uh, maybe I can reap the benefits one day. So I like that, Sal. Good good advice. Hey, uh, King Eric tweets the yep. show. Go for it. Go. For no, it. I was just gonna say, like they say, what in investing, right? What is it? The only way you get um, hurt from a roller coaster is if you jump <laughs> off. So, no, hang hang on, man. Hang on, it's coming. <laughs> What did we really expect to happen tonight? It's the fact that they led by 15, and they weren't satisfied with it. The worst part is DePaul isn't even that good, but regroup and get ready for conference play. Again, Eric, I just don't agree that they're not that good. I I, I still think they for like an NIT bid or like postseason bid, whatever that means. Yeah, and, and if— you last week— Go for it. Go for it. Oh no, I'm sorry. It kind of cut off, and I thought, <laughs> thought that's where the question was. Uh, but kind of on the that topic where people might think DePaul is not even that good. I mean, if you want to put it that way, then what does that say about your team who just got blown out the water mm. in the second half? So I mean, they're they're a competitive bunch. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to say uh, that they're going to go out and win their conference. I, I don't think that's the case. But I mean, if you want to do a hypothetical, just imagine DePaul and Conference USA and, and who that championship would go to or who would contend for that championship. So I, I, I don't like that when, when they say, hey, a team from another uh, uh, power conference is not that good. Well, you know, flip the tables and see how you fare in their conference and how they do in yours and judge it off of that if you don't want to go off of the results themselves. Uh, our telephone number, 915-505-6009. Let's continue with Twitter. Augustine tweets the show, it's about basketball IQ, and all the right hustle can't replace playing the right way. Uh, it's about a 7 out of 10 right there, Augustine. Good good effort. Nice try. Um, this one coming in from Augustine as well. That last caller on 600 ESPN El Paso fluffing up UTEP players? No, they would never do that. And Christmas time, they know that they're going to be on the court. Come on now. That's what Augustine tweeted in on the show. Texas Exorcist tweets the show right now. Improve on their three-point. They ever shoot. Yeah, I'm with you on that one, man. They, they just... But I guess better, I guess shooting more would uh, try to help out at some level. I don't know. Um, also tweeting into the show is Jonathan Byers. The coaches need to get it together, too. Good news is that we have time, but the bad news is we have glaring weaknesses that the teams can definitely take advantage of, regardless of how much work we put to minimize our weaknesses. Um, well said. Well put there. Jonathan Byers, I like that tweet. Good job. Um, also tweeting into the show is Pinky. He tweets the show saying, this is a blank game for minor fans. Hashtag minor. Uh, my, you know, sometimes Pinky is, uh, he, sometimes he doesn't tweet um, things that we understand at times. But, hey, we love Pinky. That's okay. Good job, Pinky. <laughs> uh, also, also tweeting the show right now is Ivan. Granted, I think Ronnie misspoke, but nevertheless, I just want clarity. Just be losing teams last year doesn't mean they're they aren't winners um ivan i i hear your logic i hear 
understand which, where you're going with this. Um, now UTEP is left to turn the page and look over to next week. That's when uh, conference play starts. Louisiana Tech next week, they are riding a hot streak right now, Sal. They have beat Louisiana Monroe, Alabama A&M, Samford, UT Southern, and Southern in a row. That is, uh, excuse me, yeah, one, two, three, four, five, five. On their end, going into uh, a game today against Wyoming. Don't know how that one went. They have Stephen F. Austin on Wednesday, and then they have UTEP after that. But, uh, you know, when it comes to this Louisiana Tech team, we've seen them year in, year out. They are a really good squad that for some reason always gives UTEP fits. Right now, Wyoming is beating lots. 424, but still, Sal, this is a team that UTEP cannot overlook. That's a good Wyoming team, by the way, and uh, UTEP should not overlook whatsoever the Bulldogs. In fact, UTEP needs to regroup this week ahead of the Bulldogs. They're going to check into that game as underdogs, even though they're at home. Yeah, because uh, Louisiana Tech, uh, although they are, looks like it's a blowout so far. It's 44-24 against Wyoming. These are the games that matter the most on your schedule. Of course, you have your rivalry games, uh, you know, out of conference play, um, you know, different games like that. But these are the ones that really, really matter the most, because if you want to measure yourself up against anybody, do it against your peers who who you're battling, you know, potentially twice a year and maybe three times a year. So these are the ones that you got to be able to knock down because they have the same realistic chance as you do when it comes to, um, you know, everybody's wish. And that's to be one of the, what the now 67 or 68 teams that make it. Louisiana tech is right there. Maybe some steps up from, uh, from UTEP, but that's who the miners want to be because these are the games that you got to pencil in as soon as that conference or, or any schedule comes out. Hey, uh, by the way, Sal, just awards as well here on the show after DePaul beats UTEP 91 to 70. I get it. If you're listening to us and say awards, really roll your eyes. I get it. But we got to pay some bills. So we're going to do awards real quick. But first, let's pause 10 seconds for station identification. You're listening to Minor Talk brought to you by the Oscar ID at the agency right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. From hometown to national. <laughs> ESPN El Paso is KROD El Paso, a Town Square media station. Joe Chacon closing us out on Twitter real quick. Here we go. Uh, Joe Ch- came out the gate and that we were on a mission and then the air was let out of the balloon it's going to be very hard to win many games when you shoot 59% at the line this team needs to find its defensive identity and keep it on a side note I told you last week that the them boys crush it they do it again tomorrow menudo in the morning before the game and then let the good times roll hashtag sorry Texan big again hashtag joe hashtag hashtag america's team hashtag cowboy ink crew uh hashtag yup got that star in my arm and hashtag let's do this uh sal do you have a lion's tattoo by chance Uh, i don't i don't have a lion's tattoo like specifically for detroit but i do have a lion tattoo Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Can I can can we put a Super Bowl bet? Like, if they win the Super Bowl, you'd get a Detroit Lions tattoo. Uh, all I gotta do is just like literally put the word Lions. I'll just do the logo on top of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. I'm sorry, Agent. You said uh, Super right, Bowl champions right. wrong. You, you said Detroit Lions, but you, you, yeah, it's uh, Detroit Lions Super Bowl champions. That's right. 
Yeah, there you go. There yeah. you go. I like it. I like that. <laughs> um, hey, nonetheless, good stuff, Joe. Thanks for closing us out on Twitter. Uh, let's get to some awards here on the show, then we're wrapping things up. First of the game brought to you by Wind Supply of El Paso. This one's going to Mario McKinney. 12 points in the first half. Didn't early on into this game 12 points four of nine from the field he also chipped in with a pair of three-pointers and had four assists in this game 27 minutes of action three turnovers for mario mckinney he wins our hot hand of the game brought to you by wind supply el paso hey you could stay on schedule with wind supply el paso they uh they are the expert dealer here in el paso with 50 years of service you could choose a trustworthy hvac system supplier here in el paso when you choose wind supply el paso all you have to do is just go to wind supply el paso com to learn more. Let's go next to our player of the game. This is thanks to Keith Southwest. Uh, they have custom metal stamping, brackets, clips, and shields. They have been leading the industry in precision metal stamping since 1958. A big shout out to Keith Southwest. You can learn more online, KeatsMFG.com. That's KeatsMFG.com. Uh, this one's going to Tay Hardy. He's won a lot of our player uh, of the game awards here on Minor Talk. 16 points, 6 of 9 from the field, a pair of threes, and also chipped in with two assists in 30 minutes of action. Tay Hardy winning our player of the game award as we wind things down here on the show. Sal, you good with those awards? You okay with those right there? Yeah, yeah. Those awards, too, uh, that, that you just brought up, we, we discussed it, but um, ultimately, you if you watch the game and you look at the stats, uh, these I guess those two kind of go hand in hand for the first time in a very, very long time where uh, you, you could look at the stats without having to look at the game and vice versa. Uh, but, yeah, these two, these two players uh, fit the bill the most out of everybody. All right, Sal. That's going to be it for us. We're going to turn the page. We're looking over to Latte. Alice anymore. I got. I'm on the home stretch right now as well in my own life. So I, I got about you know La Tech and then the Sun Bowl Invitational and then I'm piecing out for the year. Uh, and and then after that, you know we're turning the page and we're looking over to 2023 that that LeBron year. So I'm excited about that as well. <laughs> um, La, <laughs> I had to sneak that in there. I, I'm sorry. I couldn't even say that with the with the straight face. Uh, La Tech next week for UTEP. Then North Carolina A and T in the Sun Bowl Invitational. If they win that game, they play the winner of New Mexico State and Kent State. Uh, if they lose, you know, they play the loser of that matchup, yeah. uh, Kent State, New Mexico State as well. So that that's the next three games as it looks right now for the Miners. Let's see what the Miners will do in this stretch. Miners right now 6-3 and three overall. Uh, let's see how they turn the corner after a 91-70 to 70 blowout against DePaul. Uh, special thanks to Sal Montes for holding it down back at the studio. Special Everybody who listen, uh, make sure you download our podcast. Listen wherever you uh, listen to podcasts as well for another great addition. Agency for sponsoring Minor Talk as well. Till next week, uh, for Sal Montes, I'm Adrian Brada saying so long. And thank you so much for listening to Minor Talk brought to you by the Oscar at AFA Agency right here on 600 ESPN El Paso.